I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, I take you to Sichuan in China and Amalfi in Italy and tell you about an act of kindness which has been silently helping us since prehistoric times. In 1980, Rick Ridgway, the first American to summit K2, along with a guide named Kim and a man named Ivon, planned to summit Minya Konga, the highest mountain in the Sichuan province in China. They were accompanied by a young mountain photographer called Jonathan Wright. Towards the end of their ascent, at over 7,000 meters, they were faced with harsh weather. They had only reached the lower walls of the northwestern ridge when the group was hit. by a massive avalanche the damage done was so terrible that kim broke his back rick broke his ribs and yuan miraculously remained unharmed the young mountain photographer jonathan suffered a broken neck and plunged 1500 feet he eventually perished in rick's arms the group abandoned the expedition and buried him deep in the ice within eye shot of the summit to mark his grave they left something there The rest of the group eventually recovered and Ivan went back to running his famed outdoor clothing company Patagonia. In late 2019, hiking around the Amalfi coast traversing the path of the gods, we were treated to pristine views of Amalfi. Away from the touristy town of Amalfi and Positano, this gorgeous hike soon turned into a tricky one. The weather changed and the cool breeze and bright sunshine gave way to gaelic winds and threatening clouds. My partner and I were alone on the trail and constantly detoured and lost our way chasing dead paths which often led to abandoned villages. We were not well prepared for the hike and halfway through it my partner slipped. We had already started the hike late and the light was fading quickly. We were approaching dusk, a point which the French call the hour between the dog and the wolf when it becomes difficult to differentiate between species. Your vision becomes less sharp. and even simple things become difficult we were now trudging along and came to yet another point where we could not fathom the way ahead and then from the corner of my eye i spotted these markers something very similar to what kim rick and ivan had left at the site where they buried jonathan these were not just traditional markers of a burial or a way to preserve the memory of the departed but a simple old way of helping a stranger kings a man made pile of stack or stones of diminishing size since prehistoric times canes have been used as markers of the trail in uplands on moorland on mountain tops near waterways and on sea cliffs as well as in barren deserts and tundras i have found canes hiking in the middle himalayas in himachal in the hike from little petra to the treasury in jordan and in the almost mystical lands of patagonia and argentina Most canes are placed at points where the trail is not obvious and it saved our lives that December evening hiking in Himalfi. But what enchants me the most about this old ancient way is the inherent goodness of it. 
These canes had been left by mountaineers and hikers, not so much for themselves, but for those unknown companions who would traverse the same paths years and decades later. It's an act of kindness which acknowledges the perils of mountaineering, the fallacy of human judgment under pressure, and an inherent desire to help a kindred spirit. And yet, unknown to the three men who buried Jonathan, who left a cane next to his body, the story was not over. In 1999, Rick decided to attempt climbing Minya Konka again. But this time, it was not a desire to get to the summit. It was almost a pilgrimage. Rick was accompanied by a young 20-year-old girl named Asia, who was a baby when her father Jonathan died. She wanted to go back to the place and understand why he undertook such a risk with his life. Much like her father, Asia too faced terrible conditions. Blizzard, lightning and thunder. But at last, they reached the point where Rick remembered burying her father. Much to his horror and fascination, Rick spotted the blue and yellow of a half-buried climbing suit. The experienced mountaineer immediately understood what had happened. The glacier had shifted and Jonathan's frozen body had shifted with it. But with the glacier shifted the cane which they had put in place 19 years ago. Asia could eventually see her father in the flesh, preserved almost as well as the day he died. She could touch his face and say a final goodbye to him. They reburied him 20 years after his death. What saved us from a disastrous hike is what also gave a daughter a much-needed closure. The simple selfless act of building a cane has guided us when no help seemed possible. Maybe in our lives too, we must act like canes, helping others without a desire to feel gratified. Because, as Rick realized, it sometimes takes 19 years to understand the true and life-changing impact of our actions. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. 